the art world back then in the 1970s was much smaller and uh, really people bought art out of a passion yeah. for it. And so what we see today, that, that didn't happen at all back then. Welcome to Collect Wisely, an ongoing series of podcasts in which we sit down with people who care deeply about art to discuss their passion for collecting. Today we are speaking with sisters Monique and Miriam Van Eschi, the sisters who are based in the Netherlands are visiting Basel, Switzerland for the 49th edition of Art Basel, which is where we are recording from. Before we begin our interview, I'd like to share our vision for Collect Wisely, in which we question the nature of collecting and connoisseurship in the 21st century, and through doing so, hope to inspire a new generation of collectors and individuals committed to making a vital and meaningful investment in our common cultural future. My name is Sean Kelly, and I have had a gallery in New York since 1991. Each Collect Wisely episode will bring you personal stories from the perspective of an individual collector, where we delve into their passion for collecting, what drives them and what inspires them. Welcome Miriam and Monique and thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much for having us. It's a real pleasure to have you both on Collect Wisely. We've known each other for a number of years. Primarily we meet semi-annually at art fairs. Uh, and I always see you together as collectors. <laughs> I haven't really seen you. This is the first time I've interviewed sisters for a podcast, which is a very interesting mm-hmm. concept. And I always see you together at, at, at the fairs, always looking at work together. And I've always wondered, do you agree on most things when you're looking at, at work? Mm, no. No. <laughs> no. So how do you make decisions? Um, it's actually an interesting process, I think. Um, we disagree on many levels on many things, um, but to find a consensus and to find a consensus when we're looking at art is actually an interesting process, I find. And do you, because <clears throat> do you normally get there? Yes, we do. And when you're making those choices, are you collecting for yourselves or for a collection that is shared? Well, up till uh, last year, it was for a collection that we shared. It was a collection actually that started off with our dad in the 70s. He granted his own uh, company in wall coverings to make it more attractive uh, for people to buy his wall coverings. He thought, well, I would not want to have any paintings or, or calendars on the wall. I, I think I should get something nice on the wall. So he thought first, okay, that's by so he bought. I think he started with uh, what's her name? Martha Rolling. I think that he, he bought some works of Martha Rolling. That one of the first ones that he that he put in. And um, that's actually where, where it all started. And then uh, he started working very quickly together with Ben of Bremsela. He's a famous uh, designer in Amsterdam uh, who died uh, a couple of years ago. And he, this Ben Opermzela, he took actually my father by the hand and he taught him how to look. So he taught him how to, how to appreciate colours, designs, uh, fabrics, um, all kinds of things. And he knew he was well known in the art world, so we had his contacts and he knew uh, very much about it. 
um, and they uh, also traveled a lot abroad to find new ideas and new fabrics and and, and was he when, when he started was he primarily collecting in Holland or yes, yes I think that was yeah because that was close so that yeah. you had access to those artists and to galleries mm -hmm. and to to the artists themselves and um, so it, it, that was easy. So I think then, um, then it developed over time uh, when they were traveling both and, and you know, they get involved with other uh, gallery owners like uh, John yeah. Gibson in New York. Or, um, and this was in the 70s. This is in the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so it, John's gallery was very well known in the 70s. Exactly. Right. And so in the Netherlands and Amsterdam, um, he bought, I think mainly from a gallery that was called Art and Project. Oh, yeah, they, very right, exactly. So, um, so not only did he. Used by very cutting edge, very, very contemporary. Oh, yeah. Very conceptual. conceptual Absolutely. Not, not exactly what you'd associate with somebody who is thinking about something to go on a decorative wall. No, but so not only did he learn to look at art in the sort of, you know, at, at, at the aesthetics of art, but he also learned about conceptual art and um, it actually works. Does he still have the collection? It's still there. Our dad uh, unfortunately passed away last year and that's maybe, coming back to your first question, that may be a turning point for us mm -hmm. because um, uh, we all collected um, together until that time. And you have, and you have a brother? Yes, well. we have a brother. Who also well. collects? Who also yes. collects, yes. Yeah. And also collects separately from the rest. So, so, like, we, um, there are two things. I think um, the original company, my brother uh, bought that company uh, at the end of the 90s, uh, last century. And um, the other, all the other things that kind of are a spin off of that original company, that's what, what, what we call a family office. Um, and within that family office, we started building up that collection. And did and you both work for the company? Yes. Yeah. So it's very much a family business. Very much. Yes. As is my gallery, because both yeah. my, you know, my daughter and my son both work in the gallery. So it's a very family business, which has a very, you know, very interesting dynamic. Mm. Yes. Mm. That. Yes. Um, and then you've compounded it by not just working together, but also collecting together. Yes. Yes. So how complicated was that? Um, not too complicated, actually. No. I think it, it made us stronger because I think um, when we really started, you know, collecting for the, for, for the family office, um, we first did it all together, together with our dad. So we were actually three people um, uh, walking around discussing art, uh, discussing different artists and their works and how we feel about that. And 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 uh, my dad all, always had the idea: I'll, I'll buy art, and I will never ever sell. So I'm I'm not buying art just to to, to get rid of it again. So yeah. the idea is, you know, you buy art and then keep it forever. When he talked about keeping it forever, was he talking about keeping it as a collection, or was he thinking about maybe it going to an institution at some point? I think he was just maybe not even considering it that no, much about it. He was not really, and he didn't say, I'll, I'll never, he just didn't do it, he, he never, never sold. sold. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if, if you are now, since the 70s, you know, many years have since passed, <laughs> yes. and now we have So it grows. And it well, grows, I mean, so now it's, it's getting... We're getting a little bit of overwhelmed with the amount of things that we have. At the moment, 
both as a collector and as somebody thinking about those issues, is that you didn't think about the art having, especially not conceptual, very cutting-edge work, the sort of thing you had been buying from Art Concept and, uh, uh, you know, from John Gibson. You don't think about it having a very, very significant value. Absolutely. Whereas now, today, 45 Absolutely. plus yeah. years on, yes. these things are incredibly valuable. Yes, yeah. and th th this is why I thought that this podcast is so interesting, because it is that, that world has changed so much, enormously. enormously. Yeah. And um, so the, the art world back then in the 1970s was much smaller and... Uh, really people bought art out of a passion yeah. for it and so what we see today that, that didn't happen at all back then and so years ago I realized that or I had this thought that art is going into two different directions it's as if there was one train and at some point they decouple and two trains go two completely different directions they're similar but different so one is arts and the art that is being written in history and then the other one is art as a commodity and they are different things so and sometimes happy. it overlaps. I'm so happy that you said that <laughs> because I mean when, when, when we talk to artists and they talk uh, about the 60s and 70s they're so nostalgic about it, younger artists and they're mm. normally nostalgic about it because it's very interesting. They always say, oh, the, you had so much freedom. There was no money in the art world. You had so much freedom. Mm. And they're incredibly nostalgic for it. And, and I'm super interested to hear you as collectors talk about it. Well, yeah. And also, I think um, my personal interest in artists are often uh, artists whose work simply isn't for sale. And uh, yeah, so um, they may be social practice artists, performance artists, or Tanya Pujuera, or digital artist, uh, Hito Stairo, or and um, so for me there's another thing in art and collecting which is not so much about me getting a piece of art but it is about looking at an artist and want, badly wanting that artist to be able to continue working because right. the, the, the thought that they would financially not be able to continue working that is a bad thing. Well I mean Really, collecting starts with patronage. I mean, if, if right. we think about the Renaissance, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you know, the, the great, the, the great uh, collectors of that period were patrons, yes. and they were enabling. They were not artists at that point. They were often signed their names. They mm -hmm. were artisans who were working for patrons. Yeah. Um, and of course, our world is very different now. Mm -hmm. But I mean, the idea of patronage is. It's fundamental. Right. I mean, and if we're I not think, supporting yes. artists, what are we doing? Yeah, and I think that um, what we just talked about, the 1970s, I think that Benno Pramsela, who advised my father and took him to Art and Project, that was his idea, I think. He wanted to, he had this passion for art, and he wanted these artists to continue, to be able to continue working. And um, so I think it's an important thing to keep that in mind, actually. So, so that's, that's actually, if he was thinking like that, that's actually quite a social way of thinking about the work and you're somebody who as you've just said are interested in social practice so do you think that your father's commitment to collecting very conceptual art uh, and his his uh, very egalitarian attitude about that material in a way influence what you're interested in Possibly. Not for me. No, not for me. So we're actually <laughs> so we're, very we're different. different. Yeah, that. I have oh, a yes. totally different idea about yeah. art. Totally. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, for me, it probably did. Yes. It, it, it probably did. Now, but the one person who hasn't been mentioned so far is your mother. Yeah. Was your mother involved in collecting? Was she interested in, in, in my, It's an interesting question because mm -hmm. I, was, I knew that we were having this interview and I was 
thinking about that actually last night, and I thought, what what role did our mom play in? Hmm. And I, I don't somehow I don't see her in that picture. Hmm. She but, died a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, she uh-huh. died in '93, and uh, we were still not pretty young. Um, but I also do remember my first work that I was uh, in the time in in, this, in in the 80s we were still very it was very uneasy to go on an art fair and to visit galleries there somehow it's, it was some mystical thing or it's you know you to be able to, to feel comfortable in within the art world you have to you know go into these galleries talk to these yeah, people but yeah, yeah. And I do remember so well, I was, I think, 23 or 24 years old, and I, w- I remember that I was with my dad, so no, I'm sorry, but she must have been there, I'm, I'm sure. But I remember my dad, and he, he we, we were on um, uh, what's called the Kunsthai in uh, Amsterdam, uh, an art fair, and uh, he told me, okay, Monique, why don't you um, go to that uh, gallery and just buy that Armando piece? And you, know, you have to you know, discuss... Uh, Price a little bit and you, you, you buy it. Oh my god! So okay, good, <laughs> good. I'm going to do that. So that so and I did it, and it was and, and I felt like oh my god! I just artwork. It was fantastic. It was this fantastic feeling that I could do that actually. And um, and and coming back to to role my mother. I think my mother had a very good sense of 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 of, of styling. Aesthetics. She. she, she um, she she had a very good eye for quality, a mm-hmm. uh, very good eye for yeah, aesthetics, and I remember that when when we would be on holidays and she would take care of our plants, she would not just take care of our plants, she would redecorate our whole house, mm-hmm. and then I would come back and my partner would be very frustrated because I fucking mother has been here and moved everything up. They said, yeah, but have a look. Classic mother-in-law activity. No, but it looks much better. And then I I tried to learn uh, to to recognize why it looked much better than before. So what did she do to... uh, So that's also what I mean. You have to... You have to look. You have to to understand why To think about what you you see. Yeah, what is it what you see? What, What... what is it? Why do these kind of things come together? Let's so I, I have so many questions for the two of you that are coming out of this. Fascinating. So what has happened to your father's collection? Where is it? So um, the collection is... Um, we, like I, to, I, I, we like I, to... I, ha- I shouldn't even call it your father's collection, but I... The family yeah. collection. Yeah. I'm already yeah. falling into yeah. it. So, so um, uh, we like to have most of the works on walls, in spaces, and so that people can see it. So... Uh, the company that my brother took over, there is a whole lot of works there. Okay. There are also his own works and then yeah. his company's works. Well, and then in our cool. own houses and then there is some offices and places and then there's a lot in storage. So, but now uh, we are changing things. So for the first time, um, we are starting to sell works because we actually have, it, it, grew, it grew so big that um, there's far too many works in storage. Mm. And, and I believe, I believe that... Um, it, these works should not be in storage, even if they, they should be are seen. Work, yeah, yeah. Even if they that are works that are absolutely. maybe not very important, or but it's it's a waste. Why, why yeah. have that in storage? You know, the artists don't make art to, to 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 have them put in storage. They want to have sure they want them to be seen. seen. Yeah. Uh, have you been donating works to institutions? Uh, yes, and we've tried. 
I certainly have. Oh, I've yeah, donated my, like I have a personal collection mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. I when I left New York, I donated um, a bunch of those to White Box. We have also offered works to institutions, and we will be doing that, I think. Yeah. So there's, there's at least four collections in this family. This is very, very complicated. Yes. So your father's yes. collection, part of which is in the company. Your brother owns the company. He collects too. Yeah, exactly. Right? So where does all this passion for collecting come from? Is, was it, was it something that your parents really tried to instill in you or do you think it was just something that you grew up around and was very interesting or attractive to you? I definitely think it is something we grew up around. So we grew up, we were, you know, our family would take us to galleries, to museums. We saw art in the house, the biennials. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Um, But for me personally, so uh, even though we collect and I collect, I actually do not put much value at all in material stuff. So, like, all my possessions, except for some artworks, are, are within six boxes. So I can, I can pack everything up and move, and which I do regularly. So um, I don't really have that, like, you know, that, that collecting idea. So you're, I mean, actually your position is almost antithetical to the yes. idea of a collector. Yes, absolutely. But that's super interesting. I yes. Mean, so... Do you actually even identify yourself as a collector? Mm, that's a good question. Mm, yes, I do, but so if, if, not so, wholeheartedly. So what's the imperative? I mean, you know, nearly every collector I know, and I'm a collector, and I'm, I'm you know, an obsessive collector, you know, there's a sort of genetic predisposition to mm. the desire to have something in one's life. Mm. It's not necessarily about you know, value or anything of those exterior dynamics. It's very much about living with the thing. Right. Um, so right. your position is totally different to that. My position is definitely are very passionate about collecting. Yes. So what you just said it actually reminded me of something, and this is an interesting link. So um, some of the works that we had. And Mo actually started looking at it first. Is Edmund Duell, and Edmund yeah. Duell, um, his book *The Hair with Amber Eyes*, yeah. he talks about that 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 that, that cherishing of an item. Yeah. So I get that, and um, but I at the same time I feel like I want to be free from it. I want to be I, I, to not actually own physical works, but for example, I own a lot of digital works. Um, it gives me the freedom. So you're very much in the conceptual realm. I guess it's less about the object; it's yes. more about the idea. Yes. And you're very different. Yes, very different. So yeah. how? Both are opposite. <laughs> but yes, that's I'm what's so different. interesting about because yeah. there's so many different types of collectors. There's so many different ways of collecting. There's so many different ways of thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Can you characterize the ways in which you believe your thinking is different? Yeah, my thinking is different in a way that I like to be surrounded with beautiful things. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. So, it, 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 and to me, um, I would like to be surrounded with the works that I really care for and that I fell in love with, actually. And, um, and I, I notice when I move house that as soon as you take your artwork out of the house, the soul is gone. Yeah. I feel like the house is okay. It's already empty. It's, yeah. Oh wow. And also, when when you move in, it, it's not finished until 
the heart is back on the walls or it's installed or I don't get, I need that I I found it it's 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 and, and I already started feeling that a long time ago when we started living together my um, husband and I when we were so friends boyfriend girlfriend we didn't have any money to buy art so what did we do so we went to these um, art lenders companies uh, how do you call that um, yeah so you can go to a yeah, company it, like it's a library but yeah, then for it, it art Holland, you yeah, some lending yes art. Yeah. yeah and it was yeah. perfect because the state collection yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. exactly and then already we already found out that it's very difficult to really find one piece in all these hundreds of thousands of works that yeah. you really like so but then you start getting you know used to it somehow or you, you you start to recognize and my husband is a photographer so he's also always looking at light and always looking at uh, composition and 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 so that's how we sure. i think yeah we developed together in, in that way and the first artwork that we actually really got was from our parents when we got married. Uh, they send they, they that was when my mom came in. She says, uh, "I think I have a good I, I have a good idea. We'll give you <laughs> a work of art from Peter yes. Struiken. And here there are three. You can choose one. Yeah. Okay, you yeah. have this three. Okay, uh, and it was fantastic. And I st we still have that work. Okay. Um, what is it? it it's um, it's one meter by one meter. It has this um, colored it's like digital already. It was a yeah, yeah. Uh, digital artist, I think, uh, in, in former times. It's like pixels, like colored pixels. And large pixels. And it's he, it's uh, he's the artist. He he, his is name it? is Peter Struiken, and he designed at some point uh, the Dutch stamp. Oh. With the, so there's all these dots, and um, right. he always worked with like algorithm. He tried to make an algorithm, and then made it like yes, and, yeah. and made these potter yeah. uh, paintings and potter works. So it may be difficult for people listening to this because they can't actually see the two of you talking <laughs> about this and your body language is quite different. But straight out of the gate, one of the things that I've noticed immediately is, um, Miriam, you are talking about the ideas behind the work, not about the objects. And Monique is very much talking, you've already used the word aesthetics a number of times and you've talked about the concepts behind so if your body language and, and the subliminal language and the way you're discussing it is accurate, they're already indicators of how different your collections are. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. Yes. But you. But what's fascinating about it is I always see you together and I normally see you at art fairs. Do you like going to art fairs? Are they useful to you in some way? Or a lot of people are you know, talking about that they, they think the art fairs have become too prominent, too powerful. You know, people aren't going to galleries anymore. Mm -hmm. um, do you, wh why do you why do you go to art fairs, and, and how do you find them useful to you? I think the the very plus point of an art fair is that it's you have all these galleries all together at one time, so you can figure out beforehand what are they bringing, or um, now they have them on the Art Basel website. You can just scroll, and you can just you know, and because I'm very visually. Um, interested, so I just take some of the works out of there that I think is nice. So it gives me sort of a guideline, a guideline because you can't see everything. So it's a way of it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and so that's how I go about it. Um, but the and the art fair is really a place actually to buy. Also, I think, um, although I do go to galleries a lot, we 
my husband and I, we try every week to visit at least one gallery or, or one museum, museum show. Or, museum. And, and, and I think, I believe that's very important because when you go see a show in a museum or in a gallery, you most of the time see the work not just by itself, sure. but within a context. Yeah. And that sometimes makes it much, much more interesting. Miriam, we often talk about the fact that you really can't buy an artwork without standing in front of it and seeing it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. historically, you know, we talk about the fact that you, you know, as a collector, one wants to educate one's eye and see as much as possible and really mm -hmm. learn the language in a way, right? Right. But uh, this is a very interesting point because we talk about standing in front of the object and, and actually being in the same space as it is and experiencing it. But a lot of what you're buying is is immaterial. Yes. And what's the equivalent to that experience of being in the presence of the artwork mm -hmm. if the artwork is immaterial? I think the equivalent of that is knowledge and learning. So it's a lot of reading, it's talking to artists, talking to curators, um, also going to shows and specifically museum shows, um, biennials. So it's information and I think this, it's the same also for like a lot of digital art. Um, I need to know who, who the artist is, what the background is, what, where the ideas come from, what the technology is. Um, so I think that's the equivalent. And I have to say, uh, in regards to the previous question, so I find art fairs increasingly more and more daunting. So, um, so I literally have to because pick out the scale, the, scale, the amount of people. people. Yeah. Um, I, I've, and I, I feel that if I don't make a very sort of um, a plan to say like I'm going to go to this booth, that booth, I'm going to look at these specific artworks. If I don't do that, then I get overwhelmed and, I, uh, and visually I cannot simply, I can't take it in. Yeah. Do, do you think if your father had not really encouraged your interest and in your case, Monique, you know, said go buy that work or taking you to fairs or taking you to biennials, um, do you think that you would have found a way into looking at well, and, and buying from galleries or is, uh, you know, then it would have been easier and now it's too daunting? How do you feel about that? I'm not sure. Well, I mean, I would have had, I would have probably found a way anyway. Um, I went to art school and I tried to be an artist for a while until I realized that there were other people who were far better at making art than I was. That realization is terrible, isn't it? No, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. More people should actually realize it. It's either soul crushing or it's liberating. Oh, it's so liberating. Just, you know, you have to be realistic. And I mean, but it, it, it certainly, it helped me in so many other ways. So it helps me in collecting, but it helps me in my work. Um, I worked as a photographer for a while, um, so so I think I would have found a way in anyway, and you probably would have as well because you are so visually inclined. And oh, yeah. You see, our mother was when she moved to Amsterdam from another country, and she was a fashion designer. So, so she was oh, very yeah. visually inclined. So actually, um, your family history is that your mother is very it was in the fashion business. Your father was in the fabric and, and exactly and yes business. yes. So you really do come from a very strong design uh, background. Yeah, and I think that you are, um, you're much more like mom, and I'm much more like where dad you, in some ways, you, in this regard. Where did your mother come from? She was born in Switzerland. So she was Swiss? Yeah. Where we are today? Where we are today. Right, so she didn't move that far. No. It's a very different mm -hmm. aesthetic, in a sort of yeah. way, to the Dutch. 
right? Definitely. So, and I mean, and was, that part, was that part of the landscape? Did she bring a lot of that culturally with her? Yeah. Swiss culture, you mean? Yeah, um, definitely. You know? I mean, yeah, um, I think the, the, something that's yeah, something I think that is Swiss is um, there is a Germanic sort of side to Switzerland and the Swiss people, which when she went in and organized Monique's plant, right? right. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, but it also makes for um, you know a desire for high quality. Yeah, and to be very, she'd rather have one good thing than ten bad. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah, and she actually, she didn't, like her personally, she didn't own much. No. But what she owned was the best of the best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I want to return to this, because it's so interesting. I've got the two of you here, uh, and this is a very unique opportunity to interview two collectors at the same time, who I always see together as collectors. And I'm fascinated by, with such different views and such different aesthetics and such different criteria, when I see you standing in front of something, having a discussion about it, and you buy something, is that going to one collection or the other collection, or is it a joint collection? And how do you make that decision? So when we are together at an art fair, up until now, actually, uh, we did buy for one collection. And so... Um, was as it, a, it was a family collection? That was yeah. a family collection. And so the, the interesting th uh, part about that is that because we are so different and we think about art so differently, it's a fantastic way of questioning yourself. Mm -hmm. So when we discuss art or anything else, we have arguments like you've never heard people argue before. Sibling arguments. Sibling arguments, like we can have dinner and start shouting at each other and like one minute afterwards we go, shall we go for ice cream? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes! That's the definition of family. That's the definition yeah. of family yeah, and it's super important, I yeah. think. It's yeah. really important yeah. to constantly be able to confront your friends and your family. And, and to end up loving each other and happy and through the process. Absolutely, yes. absolutely. Yeah. And so it's the same with art. And so sometimes Mo sees something and I go like, no. And then I try to explain why. And then, So it sort of strengthens our argument. Because you have to argue for something. Yeah. And then actually, what comes out, the, the things that we both agree on, are, I think, really strong works of art. And on occasion, uh, do you always have to agree? No, we can agree to disagree. And yes. still acquire something. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, or not acquire something. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah. was one piece and oh, I yeah. still oh, regret it. It's oh, Alora, oh. Alora Calzadella. Oh, I still that regret the Sosna. <laughs> Which one? The Sosna, you know. Oh, the Sosna, yes, yes, yes. Oh. Mm. It's right. still on so, my mind. That's a good into our regrets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, regrets are very interesting, actually. Mm. Um, it's regrets about things that we didn't buy, not yeah. because of, about things no, that I've we said, did buy. I've said this yeah. before, but I once, asked yeah. Leo, I once asked Leo Castelli what regrets he had about his uh, collecting life and, and you know his time as a gallerist. He said, and he said exactly the same thing. He said he, he only regretted the things he didn't buy. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, I'm sensing that there's a, a shift. Are you starting to collect more independently now? Yeah. Yes. But you're still visiting together and you're still looking together. Yes. Yes, because I, I learned so much from my sister. I learned so much from Miriam. It's, it's amazing. I, I've grown um, to appreciate art much, much more since I go to all these different exhibitions and, and shows with her. Just because you have to explain, you know, why do you like this? And, and if you start discussing about it, then sometimes you even you think, mm, maybe it's not that 
could because I can't really explain or I can't, I don't know. So she made me also look at work that are more uncomfortable to me and that in the end I really appreciate. And so I think grow together when, when mm. we do these things together. So, so I hope that I can, I can go with her for many, many years to come to all these I've different I've never seen people. you with your partners. I always see together collecting. Do you include your partners in that? I mean, or, or is it very much something that the two of you do together? We do do it together, but um, I, I can see in the future that we may be including our partners more. Well, I, I took John with me the uh, day before yesterday, I think, yeah. Uh-huh. We, we were visited, yeah, I mean, you may not have seen him or noticed him. But <laughs> he was, yeah. <laughs> but um, for him, I, I noticed that because I'm kind of used to going to art fairs and talking to galleries and you know, asking about price discussing price, thinking or telling them sometimes they're totally ridiculous, asking these horrendous pricings. But anyways, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and uh, so, so John is still, I feel that he's still a bit uncomfortable, you know, going to, he looks at art and he has another eye, like he's really a photographer and so he looks a bit different, I think. We bought two works for private um, the day before yesterday and uh, we, Discussed so my husband and I started discussing, you know, what you would get. Should we get something or? And he immediately says, everything's way too expensive. <laughs> so are you sure? <laughs> do you do you know how many items are in your respective collections? Hundreds. In both cases. Altogether, are no, hundreds. Uh, altogether, okay. there's about like over four hundred, I think. Yeah. And then, uh, so Vescom has not hundreds, but uh, yeah. So, but we have started selling some works, which right. is a, a new thing, and we still do. I think personally, as well as together, uh, we still insist on buying our with the idea not to sell. Yeah. So. Yeah. Because that's not a way of looking at art, but we have started selling some works. And because I think it, because it was, I think because it started with that, and then you find out that when you are with with the kids, the three kids, they all have different ideas, and then you discuss, okay, what are we going to do over time with this yeah. collection? And then you say, okay, are you? Do you want to have this work hanging? No, and this one, no, and nobody, no. So. Then what do we do? We just keep it in storage, or uh, and so that doesn't sell. make any sense. So now we started thinking for the first time in our lives, maybe it's better if we get rid of something. Right. It, it, we get some more room. Let we get some, some money to let, just spend on new things. Let, let it back out into the world. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, we yeah, really want to place works. We what? really want to have it in our own homes sure. as well. You want to live with it. Yes. yes. What's uh, a single piece that you bought most recently that is? fascinating or preoccupying you at the moment that you Ooh. think about that? So I am moving house and um, I, I do, so even though so I, I just, I got the cardboard box and I'm going to get some physical artworks on the wall and so a, a, a bunch of those are neon. Is coming over as a consultant to help you with that? No! No, I'm excited about, um, uh, I want to place a few works by Jal Bartona, so they're neon yeah. works. Uh, one is a piece, and the, it, it is letters, and it says, what if women rule the world? Uh, I love that piece. And that's preoccupying me a, a bit. Uh, also... Well, we know the answer to that question, because if Donald Trump, it would be a much better place. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> and um, the other one is um, an artist who I 
um, are looking at again. I hadn't looked at her work, which is uh, Brigitte Cowans. So uh, she made these works, neon works that um, have a digital background. And then the other work is a work by uh, Sophia Wallace, who has a project that's called Clitoracy. So it's, uh, they're all very feminist yeah. works and very important works, but they're also all neons. So I'm yeah. excited about that. Well, and I keep looking at those type of works. Well, you won't need any side lamps on the side tables because you'll have all the neons. Absolutely. <laughs> Which is perfect. <laughs> you know, saves You're me another... Additional benefit, you'll be able to read by your art. Yes. And Monique, how about you? Yeah, there are many artworks that um, occupy me right now because um, um, we're moving some of the works. I've, I've moved to Switzerland a few years ago, oh. and uh, now we're moving some of the works that this are... This is where your mother comes in again. I know, yeah. No, I feel very much at home. I, I am at home. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because I just moved out of Switzerland. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so we're now deciding which works that are now in storage that I would like to have in right. the house. And uh, so now I'm walking around with sheets of paper and thinking, this would look really great here, but I'm going to have to move that over there. And mm. So a lot of works occupy me uh, right now. Like there is an old arm later that, that I need to put somewhere, which is mm -hmm. uh, pretty tall. Then we have a beautiful Kapoor, which is fantastic that, you know, needs a prominent place somewhere. It's not that big, fortunately, so I, I, I should be able to, to hang that. Um, so there are, uh, there is a, well, it's Beshti, which is oh, um, yeah. actually, uh, it, it's a sculpture and it's not. So well, yeah, it's, it's a wall sculpture a or a standing sculpture. Yeah, you so I'm thinking, okay, I can put it on the, on the side, on the wall, install it, or I can just put it somewhere on the mm. floor. So, so that's kind of, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, keeping I, me busy I, right now. I feel a bit short-changed because normally these podcasts are 30, 40 minutes. And I feel like with the two of you, I should have had at least twice as much time to talk to you. Because <laughs> time has really flown and we, we, we're almost uh, out of time here. Uh, and uh, I could have gone on for, for much longer because I found it fascinating. I think the dynamic between the two of you is, is, is amazing. And I've seen, it, I've seen it in action many, many times. <laughs> yes. You've stood in front of works and looked at them and talked about them. And then you go away and have a conference, which is a very private activity for the two of you, and then you come back with a decision. And I've always wanted to pry in that, in mm -hmm. that conversation. Yeah. So this has been an opportunity for me to pry into your private conversation. Um, I think that's interesting. Yeah. I, I, I have one last question for both of you, um, and that is, if you could only live with one artwork, mm. and it could be anything from any period in history, you don't have to own it, it doesn't have to come from your collection, Whoa. and you could own, but you, you will only ever be able to live with one thing, what would you pick? So uh, a long time ago, we had um, we took part in, in in a museum exhibition, and we had and the question uh, of the curators was to pick one artwork, but that was from the collection. And my pick was a Jimmy Durham, which I wouldn't pick now. And so if if it is any work, I the first thing that comes to my mind is probably a Frida Kahlo. Wow. Yes. Fantastic. Yes, it's because I've looked at her work since I was like fifteen, well, which is a very long time ago. There's a precedent for what you're interested in. It's a great precedent. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. 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 You've had time to think. So yeah, I know. Yeah. I, know. I was thinking. Okay, Should what am I going to say? What am I going to say? No, it's a difficult question. Just one. I mean, 
Um, but I think I've been looking at works of Sean Scully, the, the land paintings, yeah. mm. lines. Mm. I think he and really big ones, you know. Mm. Oh, but I could never have it because I don't have a place to, to put it. And it's, don't let it's, that stop you. Yeah, and, and the second thing is it's way too expensive. <laughs> uh, so, but, but that, yeah, that would yeah. Fantastic. Really. Well, those are great choices. And actually, given the context of the conversation, both very revealing choices. So, <laughs> yes, thank, thank actually. Best. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure talking to you both here in Basel at the time of the art fair. And uh, thank you for letting us know a little bit more about, about both your collection and how you collect. It's, it's absolutely fascinating. So thank, thank you so much. Thank you, Sean. Thank you for being part of Collect Wisely. Thank you thank for you having so us. It's a pleasure. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Collect Wisely can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Overcast, and Google Play. You can also find our episodes on our YouTube page. Just search Sean Kelly Gallery. Please be sure to subscribe to get the freshest episodes when they release. And if you really like the show, please give us a review or drop a comment. Or you can email us at info at sky.com. You can also follow the Sean Kelly Gallery at Sean Kelly NY on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Cheers. Cheers.